Welcome to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. Don't you wish there was a reset button to life? We've got the next best thing. This is a place for you to share your story and perhaps get some answers you need in life to find courage to overcome your fears and discover your true self as you empower others to do the same. Now, here is your host, Marilyn Mosier. Welcome to Code to Grace. I'm Marilyn Mosier, your host, and today I have a very special guest on with me, and this is a very powerful week with it being Holy Week right before Easter, and which is my favorite holiday in that time of hope and new beginnings, and and this time in spring where we're reminded of the great hope and that we have with our Lord and Savior. And I am excited to have you aboard today. This is a place where we encourage, educate, inspire you to choose your courage to overcome your obstacles and challenges in your life as we discover ways to empower others and ourselves and live a life full of purpose. And my special guest today is a friend that I met actually through a very close friend of mine, Michelle and Rob Hegg. Um, and I talk about them in my book, Code to Grace. They're actually, you know, who my husband and I had our first date with in high school. And funny how years later, I was connected to my guest today, Jennifer Lee. And we actually used to be bloggers back before blogging wasn't even cool. You know, <laughs> I always say, you know, we do things in our lives that um, you just never know what these great um, friendships and in interactions are going to, when they're going to in- intersect later in our lives. And that is what happened with Jennifer and I. And she is a lot of just an amazing author, um, a mother, a farm wife. And we have that in common is that she grew up in a small town in Iowa and she ended up in this rural community as a farm wife, and I think she and I probably share that same um, journey as far as not growing up on a farm, but ending up um, as farm wives. But we share something else: our passion for telling people about the hope and and the grace received through our faith and through that encouragement that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that is where we have the the most connection. And the fact that we are in a small community, Jennifer uh, is a neighbor, you know, just a few miles down the road. And she is joining us live today. Uh, she is a renowned author, as I said, and she wrote two books, The Happiness Dare and Love Idol. And she also is a blogger. Uh, her blog is jenniferdukeslee.com. And she has also used to be um, a reporter at a large a newspaper here in Iowa, the Des Moines Register. And so she used to cover things like crime and politics and natural disasters as a news reporter for several years in that Midwestern town of Des Moines. But now she is reporting skills to chase after the biggest story ever, and that's the redemptive story of Christ, and that's front page news. And she's also um, a write, on the writing team for Daysprings, which I love their material, the Daysprings Encourage uh, blog, and they also have the website as well um, of daily devotionals. Um, she also clings to that hope of the cross, the passionate, and she's passionate about sharing the good news through that story. She is a renowned speaker. She's been on several shows and in the area talking about her books. She believes in miracles. She is one. Um, she talks about her journey into uh, learning about the redemptive hope and, and salvation of Christ. And that was 
uh, a big journey for her, and hopefully she'll share that with us too. But she marvels at God's unrelenting grace and for stumbling sinners like all of us. And she has been made whole through Christ. She believes in the scandalous grace that in that the cross in the most priceless and costly gift that the world has ever seen. And she believes that it really is about belief in Jesus. And she and her husband enjoy raising crops. They have, uh, they're pig farmers and they have a herd of cats out in the country. And she has two beautiful girls and she is just a wonderful mom, sister, neighbor, friend, encourager, and grace dweller. So welcome to the show, my dear friend, Jennifer Dukesley. It's fun to talk to you. It's funny how, yeah, we're both in this small community and share a lot of common interests, but um, it's just funny that, you know, we, we were connected um, earlier and like I said, in 2008, we were both blogging <laughs> and right. um, I loved following your blogs. I mean, you just, and I was just, um, just a new um, mom trying to figure out after my son left off for college, it was kind of a way to to uh, therapy for me to just journal and and come up with ways to cope with that and and so it was kind of neat how we all kind of connected through that blogging and I loved following your blog and just seeing you turn into um, a renowned author that you are and just your incredible stories that you were able to tell so I wanted to just share with the listeners about you and how that journey began because you started off as this, um, you know, working at a large newspaper here in Iowa and, and became, you know, ended up at, in the rural community that we live in and as a farmer's wife and that big transition. Do you want to just share a little bit about that journey and that story of how you became, um, and, and what, you know, kind of gave you the inspiration to write your story and, and begin your book journey, um, as an author? You bet. Um, so I've been a writer ever since I've been a little girl, and I have been asking questions ever since I was a little girl. My oldest sister, Julianne, tells me that one of the first first things I said, one of the first words out of my mouth was, why? And I never <laughs> stopped asking the question, why? <laughs> and so it made sense that I ended up becoming a news reporter, and um, I asked why about everything and how and who and what and where. And I loved chasing down stories, and I absolutely loved writing them. And it, it was a thrilling way of living. It was a very busy life, um, and in many ways fulfilling, but at the same time very empty um, when I look back on it uh, because I was so busy chasing stories that I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to um, develop relationships with people. And quite frankly, I wasn't developing a relationship with God at all. Um, at, during that time, I um, those same questions, why or how, I applied them to the faith that I grew up with. I just was not convinced um, that the story of faith that I was taught as a little girl in my church was a true story. It felt like a fairy tale, and it, it just didn't seem real that the fact that every Easter um, we would celebrate risen Christ, somebody who had died and, and come to life again, it just didn't. It just never really um, satisfied my, the intellectual side of my being, and so I hid that doubt away, um, and I just continued to get really busy with my news work. And um, about the time um, there was a transforming moment that happened. Um, it was on September 11th of 2001. And it was just a couple months before Lydia, our oldest daughter, was born. I was pregnant. 
And um, for a lot of people my age at that time around the world, it was something that shook us all. Um, and I couldn't believe how that this sort of thing was happening in a world that I was going to bring my daughter in. And it shook me enough to have me asking questions about my faith and what I really believed in. And um, that spurred on some conversation uh, between my husband and I about what our future held. And it's a long story and a long route that eventually led us back to the farm into a simpler way of life. Um, and we we moved back to this fourth-generation Lee family farm. I left behind uh, my news work and um, began to really try to ask the same questions of the Bible that I had been asking politicians for years, to begin to ask those same questions of the Lord, like, if you are real, then why and how, and is this possible? And um, coming back here gave me the space to process and think and write about um, this faith that I had grown up with but never really um, held as my own. And writing really brought me back around to the Lord. And um, for probably about three years, I wasn't writing any stories. I was just journaling for myself. I was just studying for myself. And it was in 2008 or 2009, I believe, that I started blogging regularly and um, began to process my faith online, began to talk about what I felt, began to talk about my relationships with people and with the Lord, and it's something I'd never done because everything else I'd ever written was entirely about everybody else's stories. And it, I could tell that it was connecting, that other people had some of the same kinds of questions I did about feeling like those feelings of not enough that so many women have, that pressure that we put on ourselves. And I just began to explore all of all of the different kinds of issues that women I knew were facing. And again and again, people were saying, me too, I struggle with that too. And that's how a blog was really born and shaped. It's, it's where my faith really took root, um, and it eventually led to books and to a ministry. It's been a, a great ride and um, just filled with a lot of doubt that I used to resent, but that same doubt is what eventually... Uh, caused me to ask those questions, which then eventually caused me to land right at the feet of Jesus. Wow. And just think of, um, you know, the power in, in how your outreach and your ministry has impacted so many lives. And I love that because you didn't start out like, uh, you know, all in, but we almost got to grow with you and, 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 and see you change and see this faith uh, build up in you. I mean, to me, I had a different journey in the fact that I just always accepted it. I could never understand why people didn't get it. Like, you know, I just knew that, yeah, God loved me or, you know, I, I had to learn that unconditional love and grace, but I always just knew it was there. And, and I never really understood the concept of questioning, you know, if it was real, but seeing you um, develop into this amazing faith filled, um, you know, minister out there in the world is is incredible to be, you know, part and witness to that. Uh, we're coming up on a quick break uh, shortly, but before we get into that, I wanted to, uh, or before we get into where your books came, you know, that ideas, because um, we, we started off with Love Idol, which I absolutely loved that book, your first book, and that kind of takes us through the journey that you're talking about with us today of discovering your faith, which is really cool because, um you know, I think a lot of us as we're raised, you know, to believe, but 
um, you were honest and, and, and just raw enough to say, sometimes you believe at a certain level, but you aren't all in. And so I just find that very uh, refreshing in someone that can admit that and say, you know what, I, I really had to to dig into where my belief level was or, you know, get to, like you say, ask the hard questions. And, um, and I was taught never to ask really those questions. You just weren't supposed to doubt it. You're just supposed to know that it was there and believe it. But that is so, um, refreshing to, that's why I've, I've just admired your writing, Jennifer, and just because of the way that you're so real and raw and, and you aren't afraid to say that, like, you know what, I wasn't always a believer you know, in the sense that I am now and um, that it's it's okay to question sometimes our faith and, and to know that we can grow even closer because we know um, we have that promise. So we are going to run off to a quick break shortly. And when we get back, I would like you to share a little bit more about your first book, The Love Idol, where that inspiration came from, because I know Uh, In reading that book, I learned how, you know, we all struggle with acceptance and how does God accept us and are we accepted and are we forever loved? And, and that is, was really a great book to learn about that. So um, when we get back from break, I'll just have you share a little bit more about that first book that you wrote and how that um, changed your perception in, in who you were as a believer and how we can learn to embrace that as well and and become that, um, you know, all-in believer that we want and that we are all encouraged to be. And so um, I will take it to a quick break, and we will be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier. Today, I have a very special guest, my friend Jennifer Dukes-Lee. She's a renowned author of The Love Idol and The Happiness Dare. She's also a contributor for the um, the uh, blogs, Dayspring Encourage blogs, and she has a blog and a, a website, jenniferdukeslee.com, where you can go and follow her blogs. But her two books that impacted me the most was The Happiness Dare and Love Idol. She's also writing a new Bible study, I believe it's called um, oh, Under Control. Oh, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> oh, okay. We can't say that. Okay. Sorry. sorry. So, well, I had to interrupt you, Marilyn. I haven't announced anything yet oh, about in oh. my next project. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> just forget I said that. But her two books that impacted me the most, the first one is The Love Idol. Um, that one, she just shares about her journey to feeling that acceptance, that worthiness, that struggle that sometimes we have as women. Are we good enough? Are we pretty enough? Are we, you know, do where do our talents fit in? Am I worthy? And she really had to learn that love and acceptance. And I think a lot of us go through that. We just have a hard time really understanding and wrapping our head around that unmerited love and grace that God offers us. And in that book, The Love Idol, um, you know, you want to share with that where that inspiration came from, and did you struggle with that uh, perfectionism or that pursuit of perfectionism as a child and into your adulthood, Jennifer? Yes. So basically, I was driven by the fact that um, I just really wanted everybody to like me, and I cared probably more about what people thought of me than um, what God thought of me, quite honestly. And I know that some of that really goes back to the doubt that I had in Jesus anyway and in his existence and all that. So, like, if you can't get approval from a God that you're not even sure exists, then where do you go to get it? You go to get it from people. You go to get it from your parents or your professors or your peers. You go to get it from the newspaper editors that you work for. You go to get it from readers. Um, and so, you know, I, the Lord grabbed hold of my heart. And so then I knew that he was there and that he loved me and um, that he even delighted in me. But still, here I was now, a believer of Christ Jesus, but I still actually had this one question constantly ringing in my ears, and that question was, what will people think of me? Um, And so when you're motivated by that kind of questioning, you get really exhausted because you're suddenly chained to your approval rating. You spend a lot of time and energy trying to earn everybody's approval, whether that's in your home, whether it's at work, at church. And when you're doing that all the while, you're wondering what would happen if, you know, this mask you wear dropped and everybody saw who you really were. And um, women were telling me, that's the way I feel too. I'm trying so hard to keep up appearances. I'm trying so hard to get people to like me. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I want their... I want people to value me and respect me and love me. And um, so after I had this conversion to Christ, I knew that I had to deal with this core problem that was really, um, you know, the motivation for so so many things that I was doing and all of my busyness. And so I went on this journey through the Word, and I really rediscovered 
the joy that's found in the unconditional love of God, this God who not only loves me, but likes me, not this God who tolerates me or puts up with me, but that who enjoys me and created me um, for, not for what I could do, but just because I was a human that he made. And um, it seemed to me really important to get that figured out because I had two girls who were looking to their mother to figure out how to navigate a culture that puts so much emphasis on appearances and performances. And you you know and your listeners who are parents know that um, lessons um, are usually caught, not just taught. And so I had to do more than just tell them that they were beautiful and that they should live as loved beings. I had to live it in my own life. They had to see mom walk, showing them what it looks like to walk in the acceptance and approval of Christ. So it was really a journey that wasn't intended to be a book. It was a journey intended to get me right with the Lord so that I could um, help my girls live um, in a healthy way instead of wearing themselves out pursuing human love and acceptance above all else and just to, you know, really rest in the love and approval of Jesus. Right. And so that journey, I think that we can relate to a little bit in all of us as we develop into women that, um, yeah, we worry about what other people think of us. And and the good thing about that is as we age (laughs) and we try and we learn to accept ourselves. And you know what? It's just so refreshing now that I'm in my 50s and I can just say, you know what? This is me. And, you know, you can take it or leave it. I'm done trying to prove myself to people this is who I am. And it's, you know, you wish you could tell your younger self that <laughs> mm-hmm. because I remember being in that place where I was always trying to, yeah, seek approval from others. And I love in the book how you talk about, you know, making making it about your approval through God and, and seeing seeing yourself the way God sees you and his acceptance of you and, and how he created us, our being, our, he knows every hair on our head and he yeah. loves us, you know, with our mistakes and everything. And that journey, you know, that I went through and I write about in my book as well is that how I had to learn that, that unconditional yeah. love and that acceptance and that grace. And that is a powerful, powerful thing that so many of us, um, take time to realize that mm-hmm. it is it is so you know, free. I think it's interesting though Marilyn to me and I'm so happy that you found that in in your in your life but there's a lot of women who are in their 50s 60s 70s and 80s who are still struggling with it um, it, it, we see it in our churches with expectation of how you dress, with how I had a woman tell me who was 90 years old that she read the book, and for the first time in her life, when she had circle at her house, this, you know what circle is? It's like the group of church ladies that come to your house. <laughs> yep, yep. And she, for the first time at age 90 years old, she'd been having circle in her house for like 65 years. She let the dirty dishes sit in the sink. because it was culturally not acceptable at their age to have any bit of mess in the house. And she just, she cried when she told me this. She's like, I have lived under this yoke of having to be, to be just right and just perfect. And, um, you know, I mean, culture is hawking that it's like, Oh, you got a wrinkle. Let me give you a cream for that. You've got a, um, a, you know, a tummy that's like sticking out a little much. We've got spanks for that, you know. It's like whatever the thing is, like women that are 
that are my age, like in their 40s and in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, are still struggling. I really, really believe that. And I know that we get freer as we go along, but there's just like this whole culture built around making yourself look and appear better than you really are. Like I know the exact right right uh, filters to use on Instagram that could like take five years off of my life. <laughs> That make me look five yes. years younger than I that actually am. That is wonderful. Am. I don't use them, but I could. <laughs> what a great invention. <laughs> no, I know. It is, but it trust me, in 10 years from now, you will be a little bit more comfortable in your own skin because you know what? You you get tired of trying to please everybody. And and I grew up in a in that culture too, where it was like all about your outward appearance and mm-hmm. everything. And you know what? At the end of the day, I, I learned that, um, you know, it is like you say, it's more about what does God think of me? He knows my heart. He knows my intentions. He knows what I'm trying to do here with, you know, whatever I my purpose. And and that's to me all that matters because those other, you know, friends are going to come and go. But the people that know me for who I am and accept me for who I am and love me for who I am, those are the people and the relationships I'm going to focus on. And so um, I love but I love that fact and the love idol. You really make us stop and think about that because um, there are so many people that I know are caught up in that, that are just all about, you know, how they appear to everybody else. And, and I have to admit, too, yeah, I was caught up in that for a while there, too. But now... Um, being a, a new grandma and, you know, you just, your perspective changes as you're, as you get through a certain point of your life and you look back and you just think, oh, I wasted all that time worrying about, you know, what everybody else thought. And, and at the end of the day, you know, that doesn't matter. And so that journey that you bring us on through your book, The Love Idol, and, you know, it's just an incredible way to realize and just embrace that person that you are, that God loves, that God created. We're all different. We all have other special gifts and talents that we're here to bless lives with. And we don't need to worry about um, pleasing our neighbor to the point where it's driving us crazy. (laughs) So, And um, doing the dishes or not, or putting on the wrinkle cream or not, at the end of the day, be who you are, celebrate who you are, um, you know, know that you were created for a purpose, and that is that is at the end of the day, most importantly, um, what we want to make sure that you know. And mm-hmm. if you are a listener out there and want to call in and talk to Jennifer or myself about any questions you might have, um, feel free to do that. That number is 888-346-9141. And we're coming up here shortly on another break, and I uh, just wanted to bring um, the happiness dare that you wrote that book. Uh, You talk about some of the um, almost like a little test that we can do to find out what kind of, um, oh, are we an experiencer? Are we a doer? Are we a thinker, a giver, a relater? I love that, um, that you walk us through those, that little exercise, because it really shows our type of personality and our happiness style. And uh, we're coming up on a quick break. So when we get back from break, I'm going to have you share with us kind of what your research was behind that. And then we're going to break down that those styles um, that fit into our kind of our code to our own happiness, like what is that trigger 
um, are those five types of personalities. And once we learn that about ourselves, and how does that help our outlook on life and, and to kind of accept who we are and what type of personality we are and how we can give our best self and service to others. And I think that was a great, um, a great way to, to learn uh, about our own happiness style in your book, The Happiness Dare. So if you have questions for Jennifer, um, call in or you can find out more about her and her books at jenniferdukeslee.com. Again, she's written the two books, The Happiness Dare and The Love Idol. And then she's also a contributor for Day Springs Encourager. So we are coming up on a break quick. So we'll be right back after these messages. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and this is a place where we encourage, educate, and inspire you to choose courage over to overcome your obstacles and challenges in your life as we discover ways to empower others to live a life on purpose. And I'm so glad you've joined us today. I'm speaking today with a dear friend, Jennifer Dukes-Lee. She's an author and a speaker. She's a mother, a wife, a, a neighbor, friend, sister, and an and a grace dweller, great author of two amazing books. She has The Happiness Dare and The Love Idol that she's written, and then she's also a contributor for Day Springs Encourage, and she has a website or a blog at jenniferdukesley.com to find out more about her amazing journey to her faith and how she ministers so incredibly with just a down-home approach 
and so such an integrity and rawness that I really, really admire. And so, Jennifer, uh, we were talking before the break about your book, um, The Happiness Dare, and you explain in that book about the five types of personalities of our happiness style. Uh, You talk about the experiencer, the relator, the doer, the thinker, the giver, and to kind of discover that code to what our happiness style is. And um, you talk about happiness hacks and the seven principles. Do you want to explain a little bit about that research that went into that or just why that book came about? Would you like to know about the types, Marilyn? Is that what you want me to talk to you about? Yeah, just, you know, what that, that, what is, yeah, what do those mean? Sure. And so um, your listeners can go figure out what their happiness style is by taking the quiz at thehappinessdare.com. Um, in five minutes or less, it will help them figure out what truly makes them happy. And here's why it's important. I think that um, a lot of times we think that there are certain things that are supposed to make us happy, but because we are created uniquely by God, there are so many ways to to uh, to experience happiness in this world. Like, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of women will think, like, oh, here, I'll tell you as an example. When I first moved here, Marilyn, I was invited to one of those scrapbooking parties. You know what I mean? Like where you, you'd have like an oval cutting system and you're supposed to make this scrapbook with nice penmanship and have your kids' pictures in this nice book that you would, that you would be able to take home. Well, I went to one of these scrapbooking parties and I was horrible at it. Like it was the opposite of happiness for me. I was like cutting off babies' heads. Um, I was smudging the ink on the the writing and these people were creating these beautiful scrapbooks and I'm like, this is so not fun. There's something wrong with me. This is what's supposed to make women happy. And I began to think about that, that memory from many years ago when I started to write this book and thinking there are so many ways that women experience happiness. You know, for some it's running a 5K. For somebody else it's like watching a documentary on a Saturday night with a bowl full of popcorn. Um, for somebody else, that same Saturday night is having hosting maybe even a dinner party at their home. For somebody else, it's taking a walk at the park. And so I created this test to help people figure out if they're an experiencer, which is somebody who finds ultimate supreme joy in, like, really fun experiences. Like, those are the people who, on Christmas Day, it's that crazy aunt who pulls all the kids out in the yard to make um, snow angels. Her happiness style is probably experiencer. And then there's the relator who at that same Christmas gathering is like gathering everybody together to go around the room and recount what they're thankful for um, and just to create, get conversation going, super outgoing kind of a person, total happiness in that moment. You know, the doer, the doer at that Christmas party is the one who is probably still in the kitchen and actually enjoys um, washing the dishes and put them, putting them all away. There are people who actually love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are the thinkers, and maybe they're the, the person who you gave um, a whole set of books to as a Christmas present, and they are just like totally engrossed in the book that they, the books that they got for their Christmas present. And then there's the giver, and they're probably that person who just had the perfect gift for everyone. So that's just in, in a, a Christmas setting. Now imagine that expanded out across life. Imagine knowing your style in your workplace. Imagine knowing your coworkers' styles. Imagine if you knew what made your husband happy because you knew his type. Imagine if you knew the happiness styles of your kids when they went on vacation. And so I created this test after months of study into what makes us happy and how we can spur on happiness in our life. 
and I, I, I put this test out in front of counselors and psychologists and people that have a lot of fancy degrees behind their name, and I, I field tested it on men and women of all different ages and experiences, and it was so fun and so affirming for people. It's like, yeah, that's totally who I am. And I have permission to be that person who would rather watch the documentary on Saturday night instead of going to the movies with 50 of her closest friends. And it was also super freeing for people like me who um, score highly as a doer. Um, I'm the kind of person who finds as much happiness at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning when the work week is about to begin as an experiencer feels at 5 p.m. on a Friday. And... It is. It has been so fun. I get almost daily emails from people who have taken that test and have felt affirmed by what they learned from knowing their style, being able to cultivate that style, being able to put into practice the research uh, and also the biblical uh, backing for each one of those styles. It's just been. It's been so fun. It's changed my life, and it's really. I can see how it's changed the lives of so many others who have put those that research into practice. Yes, I know. And I was trying to figure out, I think when I took the test, it was the experiencer. <laughs> it must oh, be the crazy awesome. aunt. <laughs> so, I but, am so I am your unfun friend, Marilyn, because <laughs> I score dead last in experience. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh my I gosh. know, I'm so lame. I'd rather work <laughs> than play. So I need more, because I know that about myself, and because I know that, since I'm made in the image of God, I'm actually all five styles. I have one that right. rises to the top, but I am really all five. I know that because I score so lowly on experiencer, I have to get out of my box and do things to help me experience the beautiful world that God has created. Oh, that's so cool. And so, and like, so, you know, the, the, so everybody needs to know what their low style is, too, right? Because there's, there's, like, a shadow side of every single style. So as, like, a doer, there's huge red flags. Doers can get super, uh, they tend to be perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. Doers um, can take on way too much work. They're workaholics. Um, there's red flags for experiencers. Sometimes they don't get their work done. Um, which I don't think that sounds like you, because you seem to be like on the ball. <laughs> well, I don't know. Don't ask <laughs> the people that live with me. But, but even like relators, like you think, oh, relators are great. They're friendly. Everybody loves them. But relators have, have red flags too. And um, like some, a, a red flag for a relator is that they can really drain themselves emotionally because they take care of everybody else first. Mm-hmm. Another, um, red flag for a relator is that they often run to people before God. Um, they might also try to test other people's commitments to them. Um, and they also don't trust people who don't reciprocate in relationships. And even givers have red flags. Um, they have to be really careful about uh, not draining themselves physically and emotionally from taking care of other people. Givers rarely ask for what they need because they're so busy taking care of everybody else. And so that the, the test helps people identify those red flags too so that we know when we're kind of outside of our sweet spot of happiness. Yes, and then how that relates to our walk with Christ or if, if there's a biblical side of it, what would you say to that then for yeah, each of these so personalities? Like each of those... Um, 
each of those five types, actually, like, Jesus is the ultimate experiencer, right? Like, he didn't just perform miracles in, you know, places like temples. Like, let's walk on water, or let me make breakfast for you at, at the side, you know, I'll, I'll have the fire ready, the risen Christ, you know, and so they're coming off the water, and here's Jesus making breakfast. I mean, he's like the ultimate experiencer. Clearly the ultimate relator. Jesus was constantly gathering people together for meals, um, just popping in at people's houses, <laughs> pulling people out of trees and saying, come down, I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus. Um, total relator. And then God is the ultimate doer. When you just think about all he accomplished in just the creative work alone of making this world, um, but we know because he, that he also gave t- made time for rest. And so that's our caution as doers is to live as God lives and as he shows us how to live with a day of rest, right? And so mm-hmm. that's, that's biblically for a doer, that's something that we need to be aware of. Um, you know, clearly Jesus is the ultimate giver. Um, he's really our model for what it means to give. And this week when we're celebrating um, Easter, when we're remembering what happened on Good Friday, wow, the ultimate gift. Um, and so all of those five styles have clear and deeply meaningful connections to Scripture and to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, and I love that. And it's almost like um, knowing the love languages when you know your personality type. You know, it's almost like when someone's irritating you with something, you know, like our, our spouse or something might be irritating us with a certain behavior, but you're like, oh, well, they. This is what, how they show their love language is more, uh, you know, doing something for you. Or so it's kind of how I relate. The, you know, thinking of uh, am I a doer, a thinker, a giver, a relater, or an experiencer? And it's almost in that same realm of what your love language is, or you know, yeah. what your happiness style is. It's, it's it really yeah. helps you appreciate different personalities and different types because then you can say, oh, you know, I. You know, Marilyn's an experiencer, and that's why she acts so crazy sometimes or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's these this little happiness hacks that I have for no matter which your style is. And so, like, um, for, you know, for me as a doer, one thing that brings me happiness is that I actually write a done list. I will put things on my list that I've already done just because I, I like the satisfaction of crossing things off the list. <laughs> Yeah, so see? just silly little things you can do, things that take five minutes a day. I've got a ton of those listed in the book, too. Um, basically, you know, like little things like journaling for five minutes and focusing on the positives in your life. And as I said, writing a done list or, you know, writing a letter of gratitude to someone who has influenced your life greatly. All of those things are just little five-minute happiness hacks that can make such a difference. Right. Yes, I love that. And we are coming up on a quick break, Jennifer. So we are just discussing some really great material here with the books that Jennifer's written, The Happiness Dare and The Love Idol, and just how to appreciate who we are and where our gifts lie and what our purpose is in life and how we can better serve others. And I think that is so um, amazing to learn these little hacks that help us live a more full and and, uh, servant-style life to to why, why we're created and what we're here for. So we are going to be right back after these messages with our friend and author code to, of um, her two books and The Happiness Dare and Love Idol with Jennifer Lee. So we'll be right back. Follow. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at CodeToGrace.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and we are here with a very special guest and friend of mine, Jennifer Dukes-Lee, and she has written some incredible books, The Love Idol and The Happiness Dare, and we were just discussing before break about The Happiness Dare. She has a little profile um, test that you can do to see what's your happiness style, but then she also talked right before the break about some of the little happiness hacks that she gives us in the book, and some of those, do you want to just cover some of those for the reader or for the listeners that might want to know some of those quick little happiness hacks, Jennifer? Yeah, I shared some in the last session, too, and I'll repeat a couple of those, and one of them is to write a done list, and so this list will, like, mark what you've already accomplished, Um, and so if you're a doer, that is such a fun thing to do, because doers love the satisfaction of putting a little X in the box to say, yeah, got it done, and so sometimes I'll even put on the list things that I know I'm going to do or things that I can know that I can accomplish relatively quickly, so that's a really good thing to do for a doer. Um, another one that I love is um, hosting what I call a five-minute linger session for yourself. And um, linger is basically allowing your brain to sit with good feelings. And so for a doer, um, you would linger by stopping to appreciate a finished task because oftentimes doers will just run on to the next task they see on the list. And so you just need to remember to take those celebratory moments to 
to linger and appreciate a finished task. And so um, a relater, a lingering session would be to, to make a time to chat and linger with a friend for just five minutes. Like if you see them in the store, if you both can spare just five minutes to linger with one another. Um, you know, maybe lingering over memories, memories of the great time you had last night. So you, Marilyn, as an experiencer, would want to linger on those things. Or maybe even like open up your your photo file in your iPhone or whatever and, like, review the photos from last night's, um, the, the time that you had last night, whether it be a date night or whatever. Um, for a giver, it's um, just, like, lingering over a memory of the way the neighbor smiled when you shoveled her sidewalk or something like that. Um, and for a thinker, maybe reading a bit of poetry and just really lingering on the poetic turn of a phrase, like whatever your style is, to make time every day to linger in that and to really appreciate those things that made you happy in the first place. And science shows us that this is really good for your brain because it trains your brain to anticipate good moments, but then when you remember them, you're actually making great neural pathways for more experiences like that. Right. I love that. uh, Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just have to be be reminded to be intentional about these things because we are, yeah, we are um, ultimately in charge of our own, yeah, attitude and our own mindset. So, um, but I, I I love that when you've talked when I've heard you talk about your books um, in you know in person or whatever, when you've done the book signings and such, uh, I know you talked about when you were writing the Happiness Dare, uh, you got really sick, um, and um, and then wasn't it Lydia that got sick during that time? My or your daughter dad? Anna did, yeah. Or your daughter Anna, yeah. So, mm-hmm. do you want to tell us kind of about how you're all of a sudden you know writing about this Happiness Dare, and then all of a sudden it's like you're just you know, kind of smacked down. Yeah, you know, because I don't know about you, Marilyn, but sometimes I've always found I've been a little suspect of happiness. Like I've been scared of happiness because I feel like if I'm happy, what if the other shoe drops tomorrow? And so there's this always this foreboding feeling that it's not going to last. And here I was in the midst of studying happiness and putting into practice all these fun little happiness hacks and knowing that I was going to create something really fun for readers. And I had a lot of really hard things happen in my life with my own health, with my daughter's health, and then my dad ended up um, breaking his ankle that eventually led to an infection that eventually led to an amputation. And there was just, there were multiple things going on all at once. And I remember there was this one moment where I was, had to leave my daughter at one hospital with my husband to be with my dad, who was about ready to have the amputation done on his leg. And I was halfway between both of those hospitals, two hours from one, two hours from the other. And I was like, God, what kind of happiness dare is this? I mean, really, like, is happiness truly possible? Because there's always going to be something down the pike, something that's happening that I'm not yet aware of that you know about. Um, but that I don't, and so it feel, happiness just feels super risky, and I, I don't really know what I think about all of this. And it was as if God was saying to me in that moment, Jennifer, happiness is just not giving in to, these, to the pain of life. It's just like refusing to give in to it, that happiness is more than just a feeling, that sometimes it's a choice, and that we have to be really intentional about happiness. I think that happiness is... I think Charles Schultz said happiness is a warm puppy, but I think it's more like a lion. Uh, it's really, ha- it, 
it has a warrior quality to it. Like happiness is not just some weak little flimsy thing um, that cheerful people have. Happiness takes hard work. Um, you know, that's why I put together all of those happiness hacks. That's why I put together that test. That's why I am intentional about finding little things in every single day, even in the hardest days. Um, that's why you would find our family sometimes laughing in hospital rooms, um, just trying to find ways to cultivate happiness in really in hard times because sometimes I feel like the happiness is what saves us. Those little moments are saving us and keeping us sane. And that's what this book about is about, and that's what my message is about, and it's what I really believe in, that happiness isn't just this feeling, that sometimes it's a choice, but it's also a choice that allows space for you to cry. It allows space for you to have pain. We never want to, I think in America, we're really just not very good at letting people just sit in their pain. Like, think about funerals. Like, someone dies, three days later is the funeral, you bury the body, and then everybody just moves on. A lot of cultures allow space for grief that lasts weeks or even months. And um, I think for happiness to be real and true and durable, that we need to make space for people to really be able to lament and really be able to share their pain. So it's it's so much more than just a feeling. It's it's trying to figure out how to how to make happiness work in real life, <laughs> like when your kid gets sick. Right, exactly. And I love the way you were just so real and raw in those moments and and just sharing that we all go through hard times, you know, and we all have those struggles in life. And it's it's kind of that fire that we go through that creates that diamond. And, and that's what God yeah. wants for us. He puts us through these trials to, to hone us and to, you know, yeah. help us become that that person that we're designed to be. And so we're almost out of time today, Jennifer, but I want you to just share one thing with, uh, do you want to maybe share like what's on your bucket list that you'd love to experience someday? Okay. So Marilyn, I knew you were going to ask me this because you told me about this and I have been sitting around thinking, what is up with me? I don't have a bucket list. (laughs) And I was like kind of shaming myself. I'm like, is this because I'm lame and I'm like a doer and not an experiencer? But I realized that um, I uh, I used to be such a someday person, like what will happen someday, what can I accomplish someday, and I have very much turned into a now person, um, like what's happening now. And I am actually the kind of a person right now that would people say, what was your favorite age? I would say whatever the age is I am. Like, I don't want to go back and relive my anything, <laughs> my 20s or my 30s. I'm so satisfied with where I'm at right now. And I'm so satisfied with um, what's happening in my day-to-day life in a place that I thought that I would never live on a farm in northwest Iowa. And so um, I guess my my bucket list is, just to really grab hold of life and wring delight out of every day and just to keep on doing that and just to embrace whatever God sends my way, Um, to continue to set goals for myself professionally, to continue to set um, activities that my family will enjoy, but that no matter what, that I would be able to enjoy the now and really just feel settled in my daily moments. 
Yes, I love that. Well, we are just about out of time. So I want to thank my guest and my dear friend, Jennifer Dukes-Lee. You can learn more about her books and her blogs at jenniferdukeslee.com. And I appreciate everyone for joining us today on Code to Grace. And you can find out more at codetograce.com as well. And have a wonderful, blessed week and happy Easter. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again. 